Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Well, welcome to week four of our Hope in Hopeless Times uh, series, where we're unpacking this together uh, with our friend Jeremy Maxfield, for you, our life group leaders. Uh, really, the point of uh, these conversations is to equip you to really engage the passage in the group discussions uh, within your group to maximize your time together. And we're so glad that you're using this as a resource, knowing that we've got some new uh, life groups that are with us, both coming out of this last course of Rooted and, and through our Life Group Connect series. Uh, so we're excited that you're jumping in, and we hope that you find this to be a great resource for you and your group groups going forward. Well, we are on week four, and the passage that we're diving into today, it's its another chunky one. I love it. I love that we're going verse by verse, that we're really engaging God's Word faithfully, uh, understanding it, and then also applying it uh, through conversation. So we're going to be looking at 1 Peter 2, 11 to 25, looking at the reality that our citizenship is no longer here on earth, but we are citizens of heaven. And I've heard that a lot growing up in church, and uh, I think I've even seen a few t-shirts and bumper stickers, but have often wrestled of how do we actually play that out? What what does that actually mean? And so this is going to be a great conversation with your groups to, to bring this incredible concept into the here and now with all of its practicalities. So uh, Jeremy, our good buddy, is going to walk us through the passage as always and look through some of the finer points of the group discussion as you lead this week. So Jeremy, why don't you take it away, my friend? Awesome. Thanks, John. So uh, so this week, uh, like you said, we're, we're going to keep going through chapter two. And whereas last week we looked at kind of who we are, uh, now we're really going to look at, okay, if this is who we are now, how do we live differently? If our identity has been transformed, how is our lifestyle? How is our the way we live and operate while we're still here in this world? How, how do we live now? And so if we're no longer citizens of this world, but we live here, uh, we're to live with integrity, submit to authority, live honorably, and, and silence the criticism by doing good. It, I think you and I both know, anyone listening to this knows that Christians are going to receive criticism um, uh, because we should be living in a way that is a little out of step with the world around us. Now, sometimes the criticism is fair. Sometimes we we, we bring it upon ourselves and we haven't uh, represented Christ well, perhaps. Uh, it, it, even if we're speaking up for truth, maybe we're not doing so lovingly or, or with humility. And uh, but But sometimes there's going to be conflict between a Christian worldview and and those around us because we're just living out of different identities and living for different values. And so we want to always live in such a way that our good works uh, silence those who, who would have something negative to say about us. Um, so this week we're really going to get very practical. And for me, this is one of the most challenging parts of first Peter personally. Um, just this whole idea of authority is a big one. So uh, we'll hit that. But one thing I want to point out to uh, leaders right away is that this is a great opportunity uh, with your groups uh, to remind them of the the rhythm of repentance or freedom from strongholds. Um, later 
as you discuss, there's going to be opportunities that uh, I have a feeling I'm, I'm not alone in this, that this, this week was a really challenging one. And so we'll walk through that here in a little bit. But um, the way we respond to authority can be a key distinction between the Christian life and, and testimony to the world around us that, that Christ is greater and, and that we have a, a good, good hope in him. That's right. And I love how you frame this from the, even from the beginning, um, as the letter is framed out, as many of the letters of the New Testament are, are set up with this, um, this, this is indicative. This is true. This is who you are. This is your nature. This is your identity. Now the imperative in, in light of that, here is a way to live. And I love that it's not flipped around the other way, right? As many world religions are, you must live up to this standard. And if you can reach that mark, then maybe you'll be accepted where Christianity comes with the realization of we can never reach that standard. Now, here's who you are in Christ. And now in light of that, here's what you're called to live. Here's how you're called to respond. So I love that. And part of that response is going to be that rhythm of repentance, repentance, realizing that we miss the mark time and time again, uh, but that grace is sufficient even in those moments. So I love that you teed that up for us, Jeremy. Um, something I, I found kind of striking in here is, that verse 11, when I, when I think about, as you talked about, Jeremy, the culture at large, and sometimes it's contrary to what we want to see as Jesus followers. And the encouragement actually in verse 11 says, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. And I know in my own life, just looking at that that term wage war, that often I feel like I want to wage war against culture. <laughs> culture, get it right. Yeah. You need to get things together. But the encouragement is actually... Look inward and examine your own hearts and mm. the, 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 war, the sin that wages, wages war against you. Um, that, that, I think that's, um, that's lost on a lot of us sometimes in the Christian community. Would you agree, Jeremy? Oh, gosh. What a, what a great reminder. What a, what a sobering truth that there is. There's so often an us versus them mentality, and we hear phrases like culture wars and things like that. And while it's true that there is spiritual warfare going on and there is tension that Peter is so clear, Christ was so clear um, that that we're to conduct ourselves honorably. We're, we're to live out our identity as part of God's kingdom right now um, as a way to point towards our future hope that we believe this is the reality uh, that we'll be experiencing, that there is a time of, of justice and hope and, and freedom and truth and beauty and joy. Uh, all those good things, uh, but but too often it just gets boiled down to uh, do this and don't do this. And while we do see some of that, like do these things and don't do these things, the identity in Christ and our reason for that comes first. And it's so much bigger than just uh, a moral guideline or, or a set of rules. We don't do these things. Um, it's because we have such a great hope in Christ. Right. Right, and I love I love even how um, the group questions start out with the, with our lean in question, because we want to be experts in our culture and our surroundings as well. We don't we're not escapists. We don't run from, but we want to be involved and aware. And I think the lean in something to affect this week about, um, you know, where did you, where were, where, were you, where are you from? Where were you born and raised? What do you love about where you were locally? It's just getting us to think about where we live and where we live matters and our upbringing matters. We want to be aware of our cultural and our and our surroundings. I love that we're starting that there. Yeah, hopefully that'll be one. It'll be just a way to maybe kind of get to know one another a little better. But it is like the people that you're around, where you're from, have shaped us. Uh, 
more than we often realize. And so it helps to stop and think about that. But then it also, again, can give us a heart for others as we stop and think, okay, well, why are they other people around me acting a certain way? Why do they value and believe certain things? It probably has a lot to do with where they grew up and, and kind of their, their family or their community and their circumstances all kind of pour into the way, the way we live out, uh, how we see ourselves. That's right. That's great. Well, why don't you walk us through just some more tips uh, for our leaders as they lead discussion this week? Yeah. So first of all, as we see that Peter starts to really get practical with unpacking, you know, back in chapter one, the, the first week of this series, he said, be holy because I am holy. And and we talked about how that's that's a way to live out our family identity, right? He's It's not just a command be holy and try to be like me. It's because you're part of my family, because we're children of a heavenly father, we begin to behave and act like part of the family. Uh, and so he gets really practical uh, with that this week. And as we start looking uh, at our own lives, like I mentioned that this week was challenging for me, uh, there's going to be specific behaviors where we probably need repentance. All of us can use at least an attitude check that we can easily overlook thought patterns and postures that hold us back from walking in the freedom and goodness and mercy of Jesus. So um, I would encourage group leaders to lead by example as always and create an atmosphere of, of humble confession and sincere repentance where it's needed by, by naming specific ways that you mo- look more like culture than Christ. And, and that happens to all of us. And so I would encourage leaders to think about that and and pray about that. You know, pray like the psalmist did of God, um, open the eyes of my heart and and reveal any any way within me that is not pleasing to you. And so um, there's some questions that will kind of help you think about this in, in the world as well with questions about like, how do you react towards like submit and authority and why do you think you respond that way? And and why do you think people struggle with submitting to authority, especially in our culture that's so independent? And uh, we even have kind of some categories of just authority in general and maybe government and work and relationships uh, just to kind of help people start thinking through uh, what does it really look like to live with this kind of humble integrity uh, that Christ modeled for us? And, and then finally, I would encourage leaders, uh, the last question in that kind of look in section of how does the description of Jesus challenge or encourage you today? Spend as much time as your group needs for everyone to really wrestle with any of the strongholds that they have in their lives and, and provide space for them to kind of break free and, and trust Jesus with every part of their life, including their view towards authority and um kind of governing structures in our lives. Yeah, that's great. You know, every so often you'll read verses that just pop off the page and you have one of those moments where at least I do. It's like, wow, that that really surely can't be for me today. I mean, verse 13, submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor or to the supreme authority. I mean, just that word, submit to every human authority. Like, like really? Did, is that really what, what is meant here? And and then you come to realize that, you know, whatever you think of our current state of affairs, that you look back to the, the context of where this is written, you're talking about 
people that were being persecuted, oppressed, um, executed. I mean, this was a horrific time uh, in human history, especially um, for those that were following Jesus. And to have a letter written aloud to you, submit to every human authority in the middle of what they were facing, I can't think of anything else more subversive, more countercultural, and actually in need all the more of the redemptive power of Jesus if we're going to actually live live that out. And so we don't we don't get a, an out on this, do we, Jeremy? This is God's word for uh, to them, but also God's word for us here here today. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a, a good reminder and something that we want to draw attention to. And maybe even up front, it's a good way to kind of curb a rabbit trail that would be real easy to go down about. Um, Uh, Just as far as government and people get all worked up again, I mentioned culture wars and people have super strong opinions about politics and all these sorts of things that are that flow out of our our, what we value. Uh, And so as we've heard in, in series in the past that our faith should inform our politics and our engagement socially, uh, seeking justice and all these different things. But but we always want to do so with a Christ-like humility. We always want to do so with, with loving others. And, and like you said, there really is no out. Peter, as we heard, uh, Jared Kirkwood, I know, mentioned in the first week, in his message in the first week on, on chapter one, that this was likely written during the time of Nero. Um, and so there was uh, just one of the most infamous persecutors of, of the church, blaming Christians uh, for fires that possibly he even set and or had set and 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 so there was just beyond beyond religious kind of differences now there was full on government persecution calling out Christians as as troublemakers and you have Peter who would eventually die for his faith uh, you had Paul in in places like Romans 13 talking about submitting to authority uh, and we do this not always because uh, Authority is correct, but we do it out of a posture, out of a, a testimony to trusting God's higher authority. That's what we saw Jesus do when he stood before Pilate. Um, and and submit doesn't necessarily have to mean to obey, but it can mean to willfully accept the consequences for not obeying. That's, again, that's what we saw Jesus standing before Pilate. Uh, he, he didn't kind of bend the knee but he he was willing to accept the human consequences uh, for living for God's kingdom first uh, over man's kingdom. So as leader, uh, avoid kind of those rabbit trails. And uh, we mentioned last week that we're going to have a series coming up in the fall with the verses 11 and 12 talking about what it means to be strangers in exile. So we want to touch on that here, but really focus your time on the authority question and and let people wrestle with what it what it means to live as part of God's kingdom in a world where there are structures of authority so good you guys I wish you could see Jeremy he stood up at one point he's preaching that point man <laughs> so good I love it <laughs> so good and you could only do that only do that if you're confident in your identity and if you're confident that there is something beyond what you see, that we are living for a kingdom that's beyond this temporal, that we're living for something that lasts that's beyond that. So good. Uh, Well, as always, you guys, we're praying for you. We believe that God is doing great things uh, because of your obedience, because of your faithful uh, shepherding um, of those in your group as you disciple them. And so we look forward again, as always, to hearing stories of, of how God is working in and through your group. 
So have a great time discussing this week and we'll pick up next week for week five of our series.